0: You are listening to the Healing Migraines Naturally podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Leslie Caesar, and I'm helping women all over the country rediscover a migraine free life. Today I'm talking to Mary, who runs our awesome Facebook community,
1: about the 3 a.m. migraine. Welcome, Mary. How are you? Oh, let's talk about this ugly little visitor that we don't want to have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yes, the 3am migraine. Oh, my goodness.
1: I can honestly say I have never had that happen. Maybe because I never fell asleep until around <laughs> two. My body hasn't gotten there yet. But no, <laughs> yeah. I, we do get quite a few comments in the group about, gosh, every, every so often, someone will be like, I wake up every morning with a migraine at X time. It's usually two, three o'clock, four o'clock in the morning. So seems like a pretty common issue.
0: Yes. This is a definite phenomenon. The 3 a.m. migraine. Yes. So I wanted to jump on today and talk about the what is the phenomenon? What's actually going on here with this 3 a.m. migraine? Okay. So I call the 3 a.m. migraine migraine's last stand. Oh, okay. Because when we get chronic migraines, and it sort of gets as chronic as it's going to get, our migraines settle in to that 3 a.m. time zone, that 3 a.m. time period.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounds like I've piqued your interest. <laughs> well, yes. And you know, if I'm out of words, then i <laughs> you've definitely hit something but I don't know what to say.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Let's dive into this and let's walk through this. So for most people, when they start to get a, when they start to get migraines, the migraines will come on towards the end of the day. And so and this is what I experienced. So when I started getting migraines, it would come on around three, four o'clock in the afternoon, right around the time that I was leaving work, which set me up for a real great commute home let me tell you, a nightmare, but they would come on towards the end of the day. And this is a pattern that I see over and over again, when people talk about their migraine history, when they first start for people, they usually start towards the end of the day. And this is because if we go back to what is what I call the third principle of restoring our health. So the third principle thing that we have to do to restore our health or what I call the third principle is we have to restore our resiliency and vitality. So people that have been tuning into the podcast, you've been hearing me talk about these three principles. So the third principle, our resiliency and vitality comes into play because by the end of the day, by the end of the workday, I had endured enough stressors to put me into my migraine zone. So I like to think of, we all have a little needle that is supposed to be pointing north. When we are in a state of health, our needle is pointing north. When our needle is pointing north, we don't have symptoms. We feel good. Now, our needle is continuously getting pushed down towards west by stressors. Physical stressors, mental, and emotional stressors. These are part of life, especially In an office, working, (laughs) at work.
1: Um, What you're saying (laughs) is the solution is quit your job. (laughs) If that were the answer, right? (laughs) That's what we all want to hear, right? Right, um, exactly. Stop working and become independently wealthy and all will be
0: (laughs) So these stressors are continuously pushing our needle down towards West. It's our own resiliency and vitality that has to counter those stressors. So... When my needle points northwest, when your needle points northwest, it goes into your migraine zone, right? If you think of a little dial and the needle going into a dial with a red zone that says migraine. So as these stressors push the needle down, if we don't have enough vitality to counter those stressors, then that needle is going to fall into our migraine zone and we're going to get a migraine. And so when people first start getting migraines, right, it's the continual stressors Throughout the day, the physical stressors, mental and emotional stressors that we experience by the end of the day, if we don't have enough vitality to counter all that, we go into our migraine zone and then poof, we get that migraine.
1: And we can call stressors also triggers, correct?
0: Yes. Usually those things are called triggers. So, well, I guess I would, I would clarify that a little bit. So there are a lot of the things that are called triggers are stressors, but they may not be sort of the typical day-to-day stressors. So even getting up in the morning, getting ready for work, going to work, enduring, you know, the various stressors that we have with our coworkers or customers, uh, et cetera, management, those can be mental and emotional stressors. We have physical stressors at work. I mean driving to work is a physical stressor. Walking around and being on your feet all day at work, that's going to be a physical stressor. So these what we might call just sort of the day-to-day stressors of life that are inevitable and unavoidable, those are pushing our needle down. But we may not necessarily think of those as triggers, so triggers. to speak.
1: Yeah. I think I was thinking of how so many people say my neighbor wears too much perfume or I can't work in the, the lighting at my office. Those are also stressors slash triggers, I guess. Yes.
0: Yeah. So those would be stressors, right, that are more commonly called triggers. So if you have like a teacher. And so in the schools, usually they have that fluorescent lighting and it's that those photons of light hitting our retina, those are a physical stressor on the body. And so we have to have enough resiliency and vitality to counter those photons of light hitting the retina, because they are a physical stressor. But we will call that a trigger too, right? Like, oh, those fluorescent lights, that's a trigger for me. You know, if I'm in those fluorescent lights for too long, that's a trigger, right? Or the computer screen, right? So if somebody has a job where they're staring at a computer screen all day, well, we still have those photons of light. It's a little bit different character of photons hitting the retina. That's still a stressor pushing the needle down. But yeah, we might call that a trigger. Oh, by the end of the day, if I have too much computer screen time, it's a migraine trigger for me. What it is actually is the physical stressor of that light hitting the retina and us not having the resiliency and vitality to counter that along with everything else that was pushing our needle down throughout the day.
1: So we may not use the words interchangeably, stressors and triggers, but the result is the same of pushing your needle down. And if your body isn't resilient and vitality (laughs) Is that a word? Yes. (laughs) It (laughs) It is now. If it doesn't have enough vitality, then you're going to be pushed into that migraine zone.
0: So I, you know, I don't tend to use the word trigger because the word trigger, it conjures up this notion that the stimulus, like the barometric pressure change, right? That stimulus, that trigger, right? Or the sunlight the triggering the the perfume right the triggering event is something that's out of our control and then we are at the mercy of a trigger That's kind of the sense of what a migraine trigger is, something that we are at the mercy of, this outside interloper, outside factor that we are at the mercy of, right? So I will certainly use the word trigger because this is kind of the language that we speak within the migraine world. But I think it is much more accurate. These are actually stressors on our system on our body. And when I say body, I mean the mental and emotional and physical aspect of ourselves, right? The complete body that we are, what we call triggers, those are stressors on us. And so
1: such an, an important shift to make mentally, though, because in every episode we've talked about that we've covered triggers, we do tend to think we, like you said, we're at the mercy of them and you have no control. And then you've made the point many times when you start tracking your triggers, it becomes an obsession. And then you're avoiding a whole bunch of things that with the right care of your body, you wouldn't necessarily need to be tracking and avoiding.
0: Exactly. If we had enough resiliency and vitality to counter the stress of the trigger, then it wouldn't trigger us if I have enough resiliency and vitality to counter the inevitable stress that the sunlight is going to be on me, then it's not a trigger. It doesn't have an effect on me.
1: Well, I mean, it begs the question, like, why is it my body does or does not become triggered when millions of people don't get that quote unquote trigger? Like it's, other people can deal with fluorescent lighting and perfumes without an issue whatsoever, right?
0: Well, so it depends on what we define as an issue. So, you <laughs> me. <laughs> no, this is a really, really great point, right? Because again, migraine suffers. It's like, how come this happens to me? How come I'm the only one that can't stand the lighting in here? So, Everyone is under, when we walk into a room that has fluorescent lighting, everyone is under the same physical stress of those photons hitting their retinas. The difference is we are prone to migraines. So if you think of that little dial, our needle is pointing north. That's point that is in the green zone, in the health zone, and then on that left-hand side of the dial, we have all of the symptoms that we are prone to. Most of that is related to genetic predisposition, things like that. We don't have control over what we are predisposed To experience what we are prone to, what we have a tendency towards as far as symptoms. But along that left side of the dial, as the needle starts to move across that dial, we are going to go into different zones of symptoms. And so, for those of us that are prone to migraines, we, if we don't have the vitality to counter that stress of those photons of light, then we're going to go in our migraine zone. If somebody is not prone to migraines, their needle is going to, and they don't have vitality to counter those photons of light, their needle is still going to go down, but the symptoms that they are going to experience is going to be determined by what's on their dial. And if migraines is not on the dial, they're not going to get a migraine. But just because people don't get migraines doesn't mean they feel well. Most people do not feel that well. Trust me, I've In my time as a naturopathic doctor, I've talked to thousands and thousands of people, not just migraine sufferers, and most people don't feel that well in this day and age.
1: Which is super sad and also very interesting. Like, I wonder, just, I'm sure this is not something you can actually measure, but I wonder what percentage of people actually wake up in the morning going, oh my gosh, I feel amazing every day.
0: (laughs) It's not too high, unfortunately.
1: But let's say somebody is prone to
0: irritability. And they spend the whole day in that fluorescent lighting and they don't have enough resiliency and vitality to push that needle back up into north, back into the green zone, back into the health zone. And so they come home from work and man, are they, they are in the red. (laughs) They are. TNT. They're like, don't talk to me. Nobody bother me. I don't know why. I have uh, nothing really irritating happened, but I am just on my last nerve. I am just ready to blow.
1: I think I call it. I'm drained. Like I'm just drained at this point. Okay, like,
0: right. Yeah. Other people they might be very prone to fatigue, so they're in those fluorescent lights and they don't have enough resiliency and vitality to counter that, and so their needle goes into the fatigue zone. Oh, geez. I'm home from work. Oh, I don't feel like doing anything but
1: Netflix. burn.
0: <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like, I'm done. Where's my phone? I want to play Candy Crush. (laughs) So for us that are prone to migraines, right? To us, it looks like, oh well, they're just in a bad mood and they're lazy, sitting on the couch on their phone. We're, you know, with the, (laughs) we're vomiting. We're, you know, putting the ice hat on. We've got the, you know, the hot and cold sweats. But and to us, it looks like the other two people don't have any symptoms. They have symptoms. They may not be as debilitating as what we're experiencing, but that's, you know, that's the breaks. But to us, we look at other people and go, well, how come I, how come I'm the only one that has symptoms with these fluorescent lights? Just because people don't have migraines doesn't mean they don't have symptoms.
1: Hmm. That's so interesting. I never would have put, you know, irritability and fatigue in the same type of category as migraine triggers or you know what I mean like
0: well this is the thing right people think being fatigued is normal
1: <laughs> well isn't it <laughs> <laughs> they this don't think a that's hill. a symptom <laughs> I'm like, this is a hill I am gonna die on I think fatigue is normal <laughs> <laughs> otherwise right? my entire self-concept just went out the window Not just kidding <laughs> exactly
0: right and you know people don't think irritability is a symptom they just think it's you know a
1: character flaw Right. That's so true. That's so true. So tell me, like, I know we were talking about like the right after work migraine, but how does that shift to 3am? Because in my mind, yeah, my mind is like, well, the best solution for a migraine when I get one is sleep it off. Like that's immediately what I do. So I'm going, but wait a minute, if I'm sleeping, it shouldn't have come on because I'm doing the thing that should have fixed it in the first place. Like, right? Yes. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second, this isn't right.
0: <laughs> so yeah, so very good. So we kind of, I'm glad you asked this question about triggers and so on. I think hopefully this was helpful to people. But yeah, let's go back to how migraines progress. So when people first start getting migraines, again, this is what's typical. They come on at the end of the day as the needle has been pushed into migraine zone. And then, eh, you know, if I just take a Tylenol, if I just take an aspirin, if I just take an Advil and go to sleep, I'll wake up and I feel fine. Because they've taken a little bit of an analgesic and suppressed the pain. And then they have slept and sleeping increases our vitality. Resting is going to kind of fill that vitality bucket up again. And so there's, oh, great, I'm out of it. And that, that's exactly what I experienced when I first started getting migraines.
1: Right, <laughs> so then, yes, if, in my
0: <laughs> if only they stayed that way. Yeah. If only that was the extent of it, right?
1: Uh, yeah.
0: So what starts to happen, though? So the needle goes in a migraine zone because we don't have enough vitality to keep it at north in a state of health, and then we start suppressing the symptom. So if you've been following me, if you've taken any of my free trainings, I talk about what happens when we start to suppress the symptoms that the body's generating. The body fights the suppressive effect. So when I would stagger home from work after my long drive through Chicago traffic, and I would stagger through the front door, and I would take that Advil, that would be my choice, take that you know, extra strength Advil, liquid gels, and then rest, what I was doing is I was altering my biochemistry with that Advil, shutting off the biochemistry that was generating the pain. And then my body would say, no, 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 Leslie, I'm generating these symptoms for a reason. And you're trying to shut me down. And then my body started working harder to generate the symptoms it was trying to generate. And I did nothing because I had no idea about these concepts. I did nothing to improve my resiliency and vitality. So over time, what started to happen? Well, as I had less and less vitality, the stressors would push my needle into migraine zone earlier and earlier in the day. And as my body started generating more and more severe symptoms trying to compensate for the suppression that the Advil was doing. So then the symptoms get worse. My migraines started getting more and more severe. So now what used to be four o'clock on the drive home and, you know, stagger home, take an Advil, go to sleep, wake up the next morning, totally fine. Now they're coming on at two o'clock, one o'clock lunchtime. Now I got to take the Advil at work. Now I got to take two Advil because now I got my long drive home. Now I go to sleep and I'm waking up the next morning. Uh Uh-oh, I still don't feel that well.
1: I just don't understand why the body doesn't just say, thank you. I love Advil and move on. (laughs) (laughs) like, come on, Bobby, that's just kind of (laughs) rude.
0: Well, we don't have an Advil deficiency.
1: True. That's very, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah.
0: The body would love the Advil if we had an Advil deficiency, then it would say, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So this, then you can see where this is going. And so as the resiliency and vitality continues to diminish, as the body starts fighting the suppressive effect of the medication, now we start pulling down the other two principles. Well, And frankly, the other two principles were already in jeopardy when the migraine started anyway. But let's take a look at Advil, NSAIDs, okay? Advil is in the category of medication called NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. These are what we think of as pain relievers. So NSAIDs are well known to have an adverse effect on our digestive function. This is well documented. Many people, after taking Advil long-term, Excedrin, aspirin, they'll develop ulcers, heartburn, IBS. This is well documented. The prescription NSAIDs, naproxen, things like this. Those are just as detrimental, if not more so, because they're stronger than the -the over-the-counter stuff. You have things like uh, Fioracet that have a mix of narcotics and NSAIDs. So then we're taking suppressive medication that is harming our digestive tract. Now we're going to start to have a problem within that first principle. The first principle to restoring our health is getting the nutrients to every cell in the body. Again, if you've been following the podcast for a while, you'll be familiar with these principles. So if we cannot digest our food properly because our digestive tract has been compromised by medications... Then we are going to start to develop a blocker in this first principle, and we're not going to be able to get the nutrients into the
1: body. So can I ask a story question really quick on that NSAID thing? I mean, obviously, like if you're not prone to migraines in general, like an occasional Advil is not going to be so detrimental that it's going to make you sick.
0: Well, unfortunately, and this is. This is another podcast that I have on the docket sharing my personal story of getting very, very sick in 2012 after taking a Tylenol because I had seasonal influenza, seasonal flu. So unfortunately, any time that we go in and suppress symptoms, we do run the risk of serious harm. I'm not saying this to make people panic. I'm not saying this telling people not to take their medication. Do not change any of your medication until you have talked with your doctor about that. But unfortunately, there is a risk anytime that we take medication of uh, serious harm. And that's documented on the package inserts.
1: (laughs) I know this is going to sound naive, but it's hard to take those inserts seriously when it's like every symptom known to man is listed on every medication. Like, you know, you're going to have explosive diarrhea no matter what you take, you know, it's like, you have to take this super seriously.
0: You know, this is kind of going down another rabbit hole, but some people actually say that the overlisting of side effects actually is a tactic to do just that, make it seem to people like it's so inevitable or it's so... You know, like, well, if anything could happen, then I might as well take it. There are some people have actually posited that, that that's actually a strategy on the part of the pharmaceutical industry. I don't have evidence of that, but it's something that I think it's an interesting hypothesis, actually, that
1: whether they're doing it on purpose, it's surely having that effect, you know? Correct. And like you talked about in other episodes, when you're desperate for relief, It doesn't matter how long the list is, you're still going to want to take it because you need that relief.
0: Correct. You know, we will do anything to get out of pain, physical pain, mental pain, emotional pain. We are wired to do that. It's a protective mechanism. And so... That's what happened to me in 2012. It's a story for another podcast. But since that time, I have made a commitment to never suppress the symptoms that my body is generating unless it was an emergency situation. And they needed to be suppressed for my life to live. Luckily, over the past 10 years, that I've never been in that situation. But I have kept that pledge to myself because I don't want to be injured. I was significantly injured and I don't want to be injured like that again. So, over the past 10 years, I have endured <laughs> all of the pain that my body has generated whether it be a migraine or a sore throat with a flu or or whatever. I've felt it all. <laughs> so, anyway, that's kind of kind of an aside to your to your question.
1: I just think that's a lot to chew on. I'm going to be thinking about that for a few days. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, your needles have moved to the point where you're not just generating migraines at the normal after work time and because the vitality is down so much, then you're getting them in the middle of the night and that's partly because of the it kicks in the first and second principles. Like I'm, I'm with you now. Let's continue.
0: <laughs> so we had that detrimental effect on our digestion and developing a blocker in the first principle and then the medication has to be detoxified and removed from the body. And again, this is documented on, may not be on the specific package insert. For pharmaceuticals, many times it will be, but definitely in the pharmacology textbooks, in the research papers, they have to document how the liver and the kidneys metabolize the drug and get it out of our body. So now with the continued medication usage, now we're adding more toxic material to the body that has to be cleared. So now we're developing a buildup of toxins in the body. So now we're dragging the second principle down. And so now we've got all three principles engaged and kind of spiraling downwards. And so we are going to become more and more susceptible to getting into our migraine zone earlier and earlier in the day so this is where people wake up with the migraine and like you said well shouldn't i i I should never wake up with a migraine because i've restored all my resiliency and vitality overnight sleeping why am i waking up at six in the morning with a migraine right so again you can kind of just picture a clock and you can picture that clock going backwards and as time goes on people's migraines start earlier and earlier and then they'll start waking up oh geez every morning Oh, yeah, yeah, I got to do the head check. Oh, what kind of day is it going to be when I wake up? Do I have a headache already starting when I wake up or am I clear? Oh, I'm clear. Okay, how long is it going to last? Can I make it to 8 o'clock? Can I make it to 10 o'clock? Once this downward spiral takes place, just sleeping is not going to fill that resiliency and vitality bucket up again. We're not going to be able to get it filled up just with sleep.
1: Like just a normal person that's not struggling with migraines is sleep. Enough, or is there still things that everyone needs to be doing?
0: Well, again, how do people feel when they wake up? You know, they may not have migraines, but oh, they're stiff, they can't get out of bed, they're fatigued. How many cups of coffee do they need? How many games of Candy Crush do they need to play on their phone before they stop hitting the snooze button?
1: I feel like you're just totally describing 90% of the modern world. If anybody out there is not experiencing fatigue, please let me know. (laughs) Hello. Just because people don't get migraines
0: doesn't mean that they're healthy. When we who are prone to migraines, when we get a migraine, how come this only happens to me? How come I'm the only? It's like, we're not the only ones who are sick. (laughs) We just have a lot more obvious symptoms, symptoms that actually, you know, take us down. Not everybody is prone to migraines or symptoms that literally put them in bed, but that doesn't mean they're feeling well. So then, so this is the wake up. So there's like several milestones, right? In the migraine timeline. And so a big milestone is when we hit that 6am migraine or that migraine or headache when we wake up. That's sort of, we're right on the Last stand. And then the final resting point, what I call the final resting point of migraines or migraines last stand, that's that 3 a.m. time zone. Waking up every morning at 3 a.m. with a migraine, that's where it settles, that's its last stand. And this ties in to the times of day that the energy of the body moves through the different organ systems. So in Chinese medicine, they have a, I think, a very insightful body clock, so to speak. And so they identified the times of the day that the energy of the body, they call it qi in Chinese medicine, but the energetic aspect of the body sort of has a tendency to be more prominent in different organ systems. And so the liver which is the main organ of detoxification, is the energetic time of the liver is one to three in the morning. And then the lungs follow the liver. The lungs are also an organ of detoxification Now, we know this through modern biochemistry. It was quite a thing to discover that the lungs have the same detoxification pathways that the liver has. That was quite a find. Okay, now, the Chinese identified the liver and the lungs are sort of sister organs. They didn't have the biochemical understanding, but by observing the different patterns that the body generates, they were able to identify that the liver and the lungs are sister organs. And so the energy of the body moves through the lungs between three and five. So you have two organs of detoxification, the liver and the lungs, and the energy of the body active in those organs from one to five the transition between those organs takes place at three in the morning. And so if those organs are stressed, we are going to wake up at three in the morning because that energy transfer is like a little hiccup. And then we wake up at three in the morning. And what do we do? We start to worry about things. There are certain emotions that are associated with these two organs too, that the Chinese identified again, very insightful. And so we wake up at three in the morning, if we don't have a migraine, what do we start doing typically when we wake up at three in the morning? Oh, geez, I got to do this today. Okay, I got to go through, got to make sure I get this done. Oh, no. What if this doesn't go right? We start to worry at three in the morning. Very, Actually, very common. You
1: have a migraine. <laughs> you're like, how am I going to get this, that, and the other done with a migraine? Yeah.
0: So the significance of this 3 a.m. time that the migraine settles in is because by the time we have gotten to this point with our migraines, the blockers within all of these principles have gotten so big, so heavy. And then particularly the amount of medication that people have taken over this time period that all of this has progressed has put such a strain on our organs of detoxification that that energy transfer at 3am sets the migraine off and wakes us up. So that's the, that's what happens. (laughs) That's the progression and that's the explanation as to why people have that daily 3am migraine.
1: So let me ask you this, like, if I never find a way to restore my body's health, and I've already reached the final place what would you say the final resting place of migraines at the 3am migraine? What happens after that? Do you I mean, is it just? Forever and ever, you just get 3 a.m. migraines, or does physically your body get worse and worse? So, what
0: will happen? So, that you I have worked with clients that have had daily 3 a.m. migraines for years, okay? So, that can stick around for years. It's no joke, okay? The other aspect of this is by the time somebody gets into that daily migraine, they're in rebound as well, right? And that rebound is generated because of the toxin burden from the medication and the suppressive effect of the medication in the body fighting the suppression of its biochemistry, fighting the suppression of the symptoms that it's trying to generate. And I actually have a free training that goes into detail on this rebound phenomenon.
1: Right. We've never really talked about the rebound in a podcast.
0: podcast. Yeah. Yeah, we need to do that. So those two aspects, by the time somebody gets to a daily 3 a.m., that has been in play. They're in rebound, they're overloaded with drug metabolites that the body can't clear, and then, of course, they're going to have blockers and deficiencies in the other two principles as well. Now, so what happens next? Well, people can be stuck there for years, but, so let's go back to our dial. So I've got my needle, it's pointing northwest, it's stuck in migraine zone. Well, what's below my migraine zone? So my needle can get so low that it actually leaves my migraine zone and goes into another condition. Maybe it's an autoimmune disease. Maybe it's Crohn's disease. Maybe it's cancer. Maybe it's dementia. But something is going to be below my migraine zone. There's going to be, you know, there's, there's worse chronic conditions than migraines.
1: Right. I was I was wondering like what happens if the needle hits south?
0: <laughs> like well, we, yeah, like, I mean, south you're, you're dead. dead. <laughs> <laughs> but it can we we can have some other horrible chronic condition below migraine. And so what can happen is that needle continue, right? Instead of northwest in migraine zone, now it's west and now it's in rheumatoid arthritis zone. And so then what people will experience is their migraines will go away. But now they have rheumatoid arthritis. How did this happen? Say, so, oh my goodness. Well, thank goodness I don't have migraines. Now I got rheumatoid arthritis. That's that's horrible. But huh, the migraines are gone.
1: That does not sound like an improvement, really. <laughs> it's
0: like- well, right, because now we have actual physical damage taking place with that rheumatoid arthritis. So we have to be careful, right? Because when we have migraines, our top concern is like, I don't want to have migraines anymore. And so when the migraines go away, a lot of times people assume, oh, I'm in a better state of health. Well, are you? If you now have another health condition, you're not, the migraines didn't go away because your needle is pointing north. Your migraines went away because now you're sicker than the migraines. Your needle is below your migraine zone.
1: I don't even know if I want to think about that. That sounds pretty scary. <laughs> like
0: It is. It is. This is what I went through in 2012. I was injured so dramatically that I did not get migraines during that time period. As I healed, I got migraines again. I had to go through an, another period of time with migraines as part of the healing process because as my needle got further up to north, then I went back into my migraine zone. I had to get through that again. So just because the migraine, this is a very important point that I want to drive home. Just because the migraines went away doesn't mean we're in a state of health. We could be sicker. So this is why you want to, you know, what are the signs of health, right? When we go into the doctor, we are told we're healthy if nothing comes back on blood work, if nothing comes back on imaging. When we go into the doctor, our state of health is not at all related to how we feel. And so people don't realize that, They could be in a worse state of health, but not have migraines anymore, because we don't even have this conception that how we feel is related to our health.
1: That's hard to believe, too. That I mean, just gathering from what people say in the group, I think most people would trade migraines for rheumatoid arthritis because they could still function better, which is a really sad thought, you know? But, you know,
0: sometimes people will comment in the group, oh, my migraines went away with such and such. And it's like, well, here's the question. Did they go away because the needle was going towards north or did they go away because the needle was going further towards west? This is a very important question.
1: Or they overloaded their body with suppressing. Exactly. I know probably... Above anything and every other question that we get in the group, it's a constant, have you tried X? Fill in the blank. Like it doesn't even matter what you put there, but... As far as, like, yeah. Yeah, it's this many Drugs, devices. <laughs> devices, supplements, I mean, magnesium, and like it, kind of the list goes on and on. And again, we've talked about it being like a little bit of a desperation. Try anything so this gets better. Understandably so. I guess when now that I know more... How long have we been working together, Leslie? Like a couple years? Yeah. I don't even remember when I started. But now that I know more, those questions make me cringe. Because now that I understand that we're A, suppressing the symptoms. B, your body is trying to communicate to you that something's not right. And C, you're actually making the problem worse in the long run. It's gotten a lot harder to not want to scream through the computer and be like, you're just making it worse, you know? Cause I just, I I don't know. I just wish everyone could understand that.
0: Well, this is why we're doing this podcast, right? (laughs) I mean, getting the word out. Yeah. And this is what, I mean, this is what people tell me over and over again. And I mean, this is what I experienced with my own migraines. You know, as soon as people start taking the medication, this is when the health really Starts to decline, and you know when people reach out to me and schedule a free console call, I have them complete a health questionnaire, and I I can't tell you, you know, I've I mean I've talked to close to a thousand women now over the past five years, and it's this, you know, it's the same story. Well, the advil used to work and the excedrin used to work and the imitrex used to work but now it doesn't work anymore i have to take twice as much it takes two hours instead of 15 minutes as we suppress the symptoms we can see within our own experience of our symptoms that the body starts generating more and more symptoms more and more migraines more and more severe migraines
1: yeah, that comment has gotten more common in the group lately too that I used to take that and it used to work but now it doesn't anymore
0: Well here's the thing you know we're recording this April of 2022 and so we're coming up on four years later after the cg cgRP antagonists were released the Mgality the ajovi the amovic and now we have the new pill based cgRP antagonists the NERtech etc so four years later, those aren't working like they used to, are they? And, you know, the, the triptans came out in the 1990s and then they had to develop a new medication because the triptans were definitely not working for people anymore. And, you know, your neurologist, if your neurologist doesn't have an effective prescription to give you, your neurologist is out of business. The neurologist is completely dependent on the pharmaceutical companies for coming up with new and new medications to replace the ones that have stopped working because the body has figured out how to generate the symptoms. And so what was happening in neurology offices where their migraine sufferers were coming in now because the tryptans had been in use for about 30 years and completely... Complaining, you know, these aren't working anymore. What have you got for me? And they were overloading people on these preventative meds, the topamaxin or tryptoline. I mean, just people were on ungodly on amounts of these preventative medications, and it was really getting untenable. But what can your neurologist do for you if the medications stop working? They are completely at the mercy of the so called advances. From the pharmaceutical industry for their very livelihood. And so it had reached a desperation point. They needed a new class of migraine drugs because the triptans were just not cutting it anymore. And you just can't keep doping people up on Topamax and Depakote and Seroquel and antidepressants and gabapentin and nortriptyline. I mean, people were so doped up I mean, they literally couldn't think straight. And so they had to save the neurology offices and come up with a whole new class of drugs. And these have stopped working. You know, at least the triptans had a good run. These CGRP antagonists, I mean, these will stop working for people in six months. I see this frequently. They, you know, they don't have a long shelf life for sure. So then they came out with a pill form. So they got to keep these neurology offices alive. Like I say, I'm not dependent on any other industry for me to be able to help people, you know, natural medicine therapies are under threat by the FDA, but that's okay. I don't need, I literally don't need anything external to someone to help them restore their health. If the FDA outlaws all natural therapies and supplements, I'm still good. I still know how to help people restore their health. We can still do this, even if the FDA outlaws everything, which they're trying to do.
1: That's so powerful when you think about it.
0: Well, but the power is in us. The power is in our ability to heal and recover and restore our innate ability. And you can work on these three principles without anything external. I do use some natural therapeutics, some herbal remedies and things like that, because it makes things go along faster. But I don't have to use that. Our bodies will... Still heal and recover, even without those things.
1: It's such a miracle. Like, I, the more we talk about in this podcast, the more we talk about the body, the more in awe of it I am. <laughs> the
0: Correct. <laughs> Correct. We are unbelievably amazing beings. And we think we have all the answers because we can take an Advil. Well, very good, Mary. I hope this answered some questions for everybody. It was fun to talk about all this.
1: Yeah. I'm excited for the next episode. And hopefully if anyone has questions, they'll jump into the group and let us know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks for listening. And before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. Do you know someone in your life who would benefit from what we talked about today? If so, Please share on your social media. And if you want to stay connected, join my free Facebook group with over 11,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine free life. Go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar, ND, on Facebook or healingmigrainesnaturally.com and we'll redirect you to the group. Well, very good, Mary. Thanks again. Great talking to you today.
1: See you soon. Bye bye.
0: And thank you for listening. Before you go, be sure to like this episode and subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, and other popular podcast platforms. Do you have someone in your life who would benefit from what we talked about today? Please share it with them. Share on your social media. Share within other migraine Facebook groups that you are in. We really want to get the word out that you can recover your health and stop getting chronic migraines. And if you want to stay connected, join my free migraine Facebook group with over 11,000 women who are rediscovering a migraine-free life. Go to Healing Migraines Naturally with Leslie Caesar, N.D. on Facebook or to healingmigrainesnationally.com and we'll redirect you to the Facebook group.